Harrison County. A big and big jobs announcement made a couple of days ago down at the North Central West Virginia Regional Airport in Bridgeport. Commissioner Patsy Trecost is going to join us for a little bit, as well as Airport Director Rick Rock. We'll talk to them coming up about 10 minutes from now. Your calls, texts, and tweets are always welcome. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255, 304-TALK, 304 is the text line. Uh, very good morning to Sarah Giosi. How are you? Good morning, Dave. I'm great. Thank you. That's all? All business over here. Oh, I'd say. A lot of headlines to get through. We'll not spend a lot of time, just a couple of observations uh, from yesterday's don't call it debate uh, between the two ag- attorney general candidates, uh, Sam Brown Petsonk and uh, Patrick Morrissey. It was fiery. It was fun. It was interesting. Uh, again, I don't know if it I don't know if it changes a lot of minds one way or the other, but there was a lot of good information in there, a lot of good perspective. We'll touch on that in just a moment. Uh, let's see. I mentioned all the headlines we got to get through. So without further ado. How do you spell a do? I don't know. Hmm. Isn't that something they say in the theater industry? I think they a say do? that. Everywhere. Or is that French? Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Evan, effort that for me, would you? Ethan Evan, our producer this morning. He is the uh, cordial young man you will talk to if you call into this program. I'll get you set up to uh, be part of the show if you call 800 765 TALK. Uh, Montgomery County Assessor's Office will be closed for the time being. They had an uh, exposure to COVID 19 at the office. Now, they're still working. They're working remotely, but the office is closed. Take note of that. And the county courthouse, though, remains open. Okay? You follow me? Mm-hmm. Courthouse open. Assessor's office only has been closed. Dr. Anthony Fauci going to be part of an event, a virtual event, at the uh, West Virginia Clinical and Transitional Science Institute here at WVU. They'll be talking COVID-19 policy and public health this morning. Dr. Marsh is going to be involved in that, as well as DHHR Secretary Bill Crouch. Early voting. You got today, you got tomorrow, you got Saturday. That's the short of it. Early voting runs through Saturday. We are uh, usually get an update from the Secretary of State's office around 10 o'clock the last few days. But uh, early voting numbers through the roof. 150,000 West Virginians have voted early. Another 119,000 have submitted their absentee ballots. So you're all, we're we're well over 20%, I think 21% uh, voter turnout so far. Uh, Montague County, somewhere around in the neighborhood of 23,000 absentee and early votes have been submitted so far, which is about the state average, by the way. You're you're hovering around that 20, 21% of registered voters mark. So off to a, an early start, we'll at least say that. Uh, we talked to Bill Powell yesterday, U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of West Virginia, about the federal indictment, 25 individuals indicted in that drug trafficking operation. Uh, one of the individuals who was arrested during the investigation here in Montague County turned out to be a convicted murderer, 48-year-old Irvin Mott was arrested by the Mon-, Mon Metro Drug Task Force when they searched a hotel room. He'd been convicted of second-degree murder, in Michigan back in 1999. Morgantown police were called to the scene of a deadly drug overdose or apparent drug overdose at the site of a homeless encampment in Morgantown. 23-year-old Rebecca Colgan was found unresponsive Tuesday night. Uh, Police say they found a used needle and syringe next to her body. Montague County Commission taking another in the many, many, many steps to the Harmony Grove Interchange, that'd be the new exit they've proposed off I-79 to go to the Morgantown Industrial Park. 
Got me. That's the mm-hmm. Harmony Grove Interchange is what we're calling that. Okay. Uh, they passed a resolution extending the existing Morgantown Industrial Park TIF to the max 30 years and increasing the authorized principal amount to a little over $6.7 million. Uh, additional TIF funds will be used for the environmental and engineering studies for the project. Capiche? Got it. All right. Uh, mentioned early voting and a lot of rain today. You can blame Zeta for that. Actually, there's a front that was coming from the north. All right. I nerd out on weather sometimes. Leave me alone. There's a front coming from the north. There's the moisture from the south. And that's going to equal a lot of rain. That's all you need to know. Areas could get, uh, some areas could see up to three inches by the time this uh, system moves through. All right. Those are your headlines this morning. You can get more information over at the website wajr.com also got some information last night if you tuned into the metro news high school sports line with fred dave and joe uh, about how the high school football playoffs will work now we knew previously that if you've still got to follow the color-coded map right so if your counties were orange or red sorry life's not fair okay i mean basically uh, you cannot compete. So there were questions about, well, how do you set the 16-team field? And what if it happens in week three of the playoffs? What happens? And uh, We'll get into some of those details coming up in just a bit. They make sense. They're not going to make everyone happy. <laughs> really? Imagine that. But um, they are practical. They make sense. And you know what? Keep your fingers crossed. Maybe we don't even have to deal with them moving forward. But... I'd say chances are slim to none that uh, that that's the case. But we'll get into that a little bit later on in the program as well. All right, coming up, we'll talk Harrison County economic development. Big jobs announcement down at North Central West Virginia Regional Airport earlier this week. That's Tricos, Rick Rock. We'll talk to him next, 913. Anything else? Nope. Dave and Sarah. Now back to the talk of the town on WAJR. Earlier this week, big jobs announcement down in Harrison County. Mitsubishi Heavy Industries announced plans to hire 240 new full-time employees that will work at North Central West Virginia Regional Airport. By the spring of 2021, 750 Mitsubishi employees will call the airport home. Lots going on down at the North Central West Virginia Airport. Joining us is Airport Director uh, Rick Rock. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. And uh, Harrison County Commissioner Patsy Trecost there as well. Hey, Patsy. Good morning. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Well, guys, thanks for taking some time. Uh, Rick, I want to start with you. How did this deal uh, to increase uh, the number of employees there at the Mitsubishi facility at the airport, how did this all come together? You know, we're, we're blessed in a lot of ways because things come uh, to us. I mean, Bombardier was there before. Uh, they merged with Mitsubishi, which occurred June 1st. Um, COVID hit. Uh, a lot of slowdown went into, you know, air- aircraft maintenance and whatnot. But all of a sudden, uh, regional aircraft became a big hit. Uh, that aircraft is utilized across the United States. So a lot of airlines were conserving cash, and now uh, we're getting back to a little bit of normalcy. 
Uh, they looked at expanding a long time, but the leadership here and the work ethic of the people uh, were able to bring everything together. We had some land for they're able to uh, make this happen to expand their operations. Um, and it's just a perfect storm. Everything came together uh, and a need for additional 240. They went up a couple hundred uh, since June 1st, up to over 500. And now uh, we're on our way to 750. So it's, it's exciting time for us. A lot of opportunities for people to come to work. Hey, Rick, can you explain for folks who may not know what they actually do there at the uh, Mitsubishi Heavy Industries facility. Uh, when you're talking about working on regional aircraft, what what actually goes on there? Well, I mean, just just regular maintenance. Just like when you're a car, you have you know sixty thousand mile check uh, checkups and whatnot. The same thing with an aircraft; they have regular maintenance checks that they're required to do based on the amount of hours that they have on that aircraft. If you have ever utilized our daily service here, you see it's a fifty seat. Uh, regional jet that they utilize. They specialize here in West Virginia. And just regular maintenance. You know, sometimes it's heavy checks where they do a complete overhaul of the of the aircraft, you know, open and close it. Uh, just all the little, you know, things they're required by the FAA to do. When looking at this number of new employees that can be in the area, will these be uh, folks that already live here, will we be recruiting from outside because of the expertise needed? What does that look like? It is. We, we hope. I mean, it's always the goal to, to hire local people. Um, but there's certainly, you know, we have a state with 1.7 million people. So we need to recruit outside of the state also. So it'll be a mix of both. Again, we would love to see it be more from uh, the local population, but it certainly is a uh, they're trying up and down the East Coast, and it's it's uh, really they're I think they're having good success because they needed people before, uh, you know, with some of the slowdown, some of the way the world has went. Uh, West Virginia has become a hot place to come and work, and uh, Mitsubishi's leading the way. You do have partnerships. There are programs with uh, you know the local school system in Harrison County, uh, certainly Fairmont State and Pierpont Community and Technical College to to train folks here, uh, you know, right here at home, Rick and give this so they can have and take advantage of these opportunities that uh, seem to be in abundance right now uh, at North Central West Virginia Regional Airport and here in the region. Yes, sir. I mean, Pierpont, Fairmont State, they both have programs. They're both, the I mean, they're both completely maxed out on their uh, you know, spots for people. I mean, the word has gotten it where people know that these jobs are here, which is exciting because it's the first time. I mean, they have a great team over there producing uh, these students and the workforce is tomorrow. But it's still, I mean, there's still room for more. I mean, you have a major expansion like this, and we know that the population in West Virginia is, is is getting older. I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure, are probably at retirement age. So, you know, just that continual, the new jobs, the expansion to, you know, to bring in people to, uh, you know, for the ones that are retiring. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a major monumental challenge to get that many people, but... Uh, because of Fairmont, it makes it uh, you know a lot easier to get it done. You know, even they're doing better than they were for sure. Yeah, and even if you're bringing in employees, you bring in people that creates a market. Uh, you know, that creates a housing market that creates that that secondary market on down the line. More people means well, you you got to have more restaurants, you got to have more you know, grocery stores, you got to have uh, more mechanics. You know, it, it's that secondary effect on down the line, and that's where I want to bring in. Uh, 
Harrison County Commissioner Patsy Trecost hanging out there as well. Patsy, well, what's it mean economically for this kind of an announcement? And uh, as you look toward the future, not just of Harrison County, but as you kind of look up and down the I-79 corridor here. You know, it means more jobs for everybody. Uh, you know, you and I are watching it uh, on our travels back and forth, whether it's north or south, that our interstate is growing to uh, three lanes on each side more and more, and that's going to continue to happen. It's going to become a, a general routine right now that we travel north central West Virginia all over the place. It's just not going to affect uh, Montegelli County, Marion, and Harrison, but Taylor, Barber, Doddridge, uh, Lewis, I'm sure people are coming in from everywhere to work here, and then, of course, they're taking money back to their county, and the economic will continues to flow. Our goal right now is to create jobs and to let people be able to travel in and out of north-central West Virginia as uh, conveniently as possible. What is the plan? Maybe there's a campaign plan or something. You know, as we're as we're seeing this develop and we're seeing more people come in, obviously that's another recruitment opportunity to try to get other businesses or even more people. Is there a plan for how to approach something like that? There is a plan in place. And remember, the one of the things we have to focus on right now that creates more job opportunity is to continue to build infrastructure. And, yes, we always talk about roads, but remember, it also is fiber optic cable for better communications as we adapt and evolve to work and educate from home, but also water and sewer and electricity so that we can create new housing. Everything we talk about builds jobs, and that building of jobs then creates economic flow, which makes North Central West Virginia more and more competitive with everybody. Talking to Patsy Trecost, Harrison County Commissioner, Rick Rock, uh, Airport Director at the West Virginia North Central West Virginia Airport as well. So what's the timeline on all of this? When could we start to see, you know, I, I know dirt's going to be moving soon, but w- what does the overall project look like? Well, we're going through all the, you know, preliminary stuff, you know, getting permits. You know, there are a lot of moving parts in this. I mean, we want to see, uh, you know, well, first we have the dirt moving project because of you know, the success of Mitsubishi. They're growing with our airport service. You know, it's growing. It can't continue to grow beside each other. We're, we're choking each other off. So that required us to you know, relocate our terminal the other side. We hope to start moving dirt somewhere around April of uh, in the spring. Uh, that will take about 10 to 12 months. Uh, then we'll begin building the new terminal, which we hope to see open uh, October of 2023. Hey, Rick, while we got you, how's the airport doing through the pandemic? And obviously there's been a slowdown in travel uh, over the last several months. Uh, how are airport operations going at this point? I'm you know, very proud of the team we have. Thankfully, we have not had anybody get sick. That was our first goal: was to keep our, our staff safe, and we've been able to do that. Uh, it's you know it's really dropped dramatically. We're starting to see an increase, a steady increase. It's very slow. It's nowhere near where we were last year. Was obviously uh, one of the best years we've ever had, and it uh, started out that way. At the beginning big slowdown, but it's slowly coming back. So you know we never did lose any flights as far as. Our daily service is still going to, to Dallas and Chicago, and that's slowly coming back. We just got Florida uh, back, came in October, uh, beginning this month. So it's it's still very popular to uh, people of our state. So it's 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 nowhere where it is, but we definitely see a brighter future coming. And uh, kind of the same question, Patsy, as Harrison County deals with this, uh, you know, the county commission has to deal with this. 
you know, everybody's, you know, trying to make that dollar go a little bit further. Uh, how's Harrison County handling all this so far? You know, we're just moving forward. Uh, you know, we're at different times, but you know, this, you know, this is this has forced our hand to be that to be able to adapt and, and out of this we're going to come out stronger because we're going to have new skills and new communication a new ability to communicate in different ways uh we're going to continue to move forward you know tomorrow's going to come we always know that and and we've got to be able to persevere through this Th- this is an opportunity in north central west virginia you know it was just 25 years ago that a thousand men and women went to work with their hands at a glass factory here in north central west virginia at one of five glass factories this at Mishibishi is going to allow people to leave high school, go to college if they want to, but be able to have opportunity here to then buy a home, raise their family here, get their children educated here, and live a good life. Uh, we haven't seen this kind of opportunity in the blue-collar industry for some 25 years, and we're looking forward to the ability to then build off of this for another generation or two here in West Virginia. You know, I- You've got the opportunity there, and guys, I think there's also an opportunity. You heard uh, was the governor a couple of weeks ago. You know, we've learned that we can work from home and, and we can do Zoom meetings and this and that. But you know what? At some point, you still might have to actually go to an office somewhere, and you're going to have to catch a flight. Do you want to drive to Pittsburgh or do you want to fly uh, out locally? Uh, you know, infrastructure-wise, you know, we're going to have to have that reliable broadband if we want folks to. Hey, come live here. You can work that job in Manhattan, but you can live in in Morgantown or Bridgeport or Clarksburg and, you know, and and enjoy what we have here. I I think there's some amazing opportunities if we can figure out how to take advantage of them as we uh, as we move forward through this, you know, pandemic and whatever comes out on the other side here. More of a thought than a question there, guys. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, we're, we're, we agree with you. And it's not just here, but you can see across the country. People are moving out of the inner city, and they're moving to more rural areas like ours. One thing this pandemic has done in West Virginia is it's forced people to start to understand that we do have an incredible natural beauty here. Our state parks have been full, and people have been very respective when they've been that because they've been so crowded. So I think right now, you know, because we're working so well with commerce at the airport from the federal level to the state level to the county and the municipalities, that we see that we have an incredible opportunity here in West Virginia to grow. Let's like much uh, like many other states do as people start to move in for a better way of life. Patsy Treecrossed and Rick Rock. Guys, thank you so much. Congratulations on the announcement this week. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, guys. Bye, Sarah. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Patsy Treecrossed, Harrison County Commissioner, Rick Rock, uh, Director of the North Central West Virginia Regional Airport. Yeah, we got some opportunities. Can we take advantage of them? Let's hope so. Well, I think they are. Oh, certainly, certainly. That's that's two hundred forty jobs again. That that cascading effect. Mm-hmm. And Patsy pointed out, drive up and down seventy nine from Morgantown to mm-hmm. below Clarksburg. Yeah, there's some opportunities here. Right now, it's your opportunity to get caught up <laughs> on the news. Check in with the Metro News anchor desk and find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. We're talking about your town on WAJR. <laughs> I'm sorry. This happens all the time. I look over at Twitter 
There's my problem, first of all, Sarah. And Hoppy just tweeted. He's going to be talking on TalkLine this morning about something or other. But he, he tweeted a GIF, and it's of the, the skeleton guy from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Jack, Jack. Jack Skellington. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? I don't know. But yeah. And it just seems so out of Hoppy character to tweet something like that. There's yeah. your talk line preview. It just it <laughs> caught me off guard as I looked over to my left. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255 is the phone number, 304-TALK, 304 is the text line. Hoppy had a uh, discussion. He wouldn't necessarily call it a debate, but he had Sam Petsonk and uh, Attorney General Patrick Morsey both in studio with him yesterday for the first hour of his show. And it was a spirited discussion between two very intelligent individuals, uh, very opposite individuals. And at this point, kind of like when we talked about the gubernatorial election, Sarah, kind of like when we talked about the presidential debates, I don't know how much it did to sway voters, maybe a little bit more, because I don't think that's a race that comes to the forefront of your mind. I bet we could ask 10 people who's the state attorney general, and five of them would have no idea Mm -hmm. what I'm even talking about. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to just hear from the candidates. I thought Sam Petsonk was very on point with what he believes. Um, He – I hesitate to use the word attack because that's just – we use it too often. But he he called out Patrick Morrissey on his record and what he had done and things he – has not done in Petsong's opinion. And Morrissey answered back and said, hey, I, I have a re- and pointed to things that he did do. Uh, he tried to tie his opponent to uh, very far left national figures, most prominently Bernie Sanders. Uh, when pressed, and everybody seems to want to avoid this question. I get why. Um, he tried to sidestep the who do you support for president question for a moment. And then he just, you know, manned up and said, yeah, I, I support you know, Joe Biden for president. But if President Trump is reelected, then I'll work with him for the best outcome of West Virginia. It was actually a, a very good answer. Uh, I thought Morrissey kind of sidestepped the question. What do you do if you have to defend a state law that you don't necessarily agree with? I, I thought he sidestepped that question a tad. So, again, I don't know what ha- effect it had. I thought it was a good discussion. Um, if you had to ask me to pick a winner... I think you'd have a split decision from the judges. Maybe Petsonk edges. Them. I really like that boxing analogy Greg had the, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. I I guess you give it to Petsonk on points, but I think it'd be a split decision. That's what I took away from it. It was interesting. Does it change a bunch of minds? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there are a few people who found it interesting or found one candidate more appealing or more off-putting. It could have been the opposite there, but also – about 20% of people in the state That's have already what, voted anyway. So that was my big thing was uh, I, I don't think it will. But I said this about the gubernatorial debate. <laughs> I don't think it will make a difference, to be honest with you, just because we already have so many people voting. We already have so many minds made up. And frankly, a lot of minds made up not based on policy, but based on what letter is beside a name. And I do think that matters here this election more than than even in the past for the, for our state because in our state we've kind of seen crossover stuff for for so long it was you had to have a D by your name and now we're seeing a lot of changes because of loyalty to uh, President Trump where you're seeing ours 
being a very important letter. And so, I, I you know, I in the past, I feel like we've had more crossover. This year, I feel like we're going to have a lot of straight ticket voters. And um, I think you've enough on this show heard my my big pet peeve speech on that and the fact that I don't think anybody should be a straight ticket voter for the most part. <laughs> Um, if you're really being honest and doing and educating yourself and looking at policy and what you believe in and prioritizing things, um, especially with the candidates that we have throughout the the various um, roles, I think that we have a lot of people that can kind of go both ways. So anyways, that was tangential. I apologize. You know, I, for the record, yeah. you have to work at it now, just by the way, because I know I can see the tweets coming. Uh, you do have to work at it to vote straight ticket. You don't have that one button anymore. You got to go through the whole yes. list. We know that. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I was just, I suggesting you didn't? No, something? it's just you used to be able to go right in, click oh, yeah, and Republican, click and, go, yeah. and walk mm-hmm. out. Uh, or Democrat, yeah. actually, was the way it was uh, for years in the state. People went in, they yep. clicked Democrat, yep. and they walked out. You got to work at it now. Uh, but to your point, you know what? Let's take a break. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking about this, believe it or not. That darn commute of mine, I, I started thinking about things and why – this is anecdotal. I hate to even go down this road, but but why you may see more of – more people tend to vote, quote, unquote, straight ticket. Mm, okay. I was thinking about that yesterday. Okay. I got to get a hobby. 940, Dave mm-hmm. and Sarah. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR. I was driving home yesterday. This is where I do my best. Well, there are two places I do my best thinking. Three places. In the car, on the commute, while I'm mowing. Do a lot of great thinking while I'm mowing. Probably have one mow left, by the way. And, well, you can guess where the other location is. Now, so I was thinking about this, and I don't know why I was thinking about this, Sarah, but you mentioned straight ticket voting. Yes, I know you don't have the one button. You'd have to go through the whole list and select all R's or D's on the way mm-hmm. through. But when I first when I first broke into politics, and by that I mean when I was first starting to pay attention and start voting, you know what the complaint was then? Hmm. You were just a, you were a few years behind me, but the complaint was then, ah, they all try to be middle of the road. There's no difference between these two candidates. They're middle a little bit left, middle a little bit right. They're trying to make everybody happy. That was the complaint then. And if you remember it differently, please, 304-TALK-304 or 800-765-TALK. But that was the complaint I remember. And you could go down the ballot and you could go, okay, I remember doing this when I was when I was 18, when I first voted. And I went, okay, you know, uh, they're a little bit, well, they don't like this, and, and go back and forth. I was looking at a sample ballot last night, and I was looking at candidates from the top down. And I thought to myself, we have gone from that to candidates are on either side are so polar opposites of each other at this point if you lean right or you are middle lean right middle lean left you find yourself in a very awkward position if you go down a ballot and just go okay i support this this and this you look down and go oh i voted straight ticket mm-hmm. and did it 
without even really thinking about it. Well, did it with thinking about it, if you can, if yeah. I make any sense. So as we see more and more candidates nominated who are far left, far right, less in the middle, I think you're going to see very much more. Again, I know you can't just click the button and go straight ticket, but you're going to see. And again, I know we're talking about feelings and, and thoughts and anecdotal here. Uh, I don't know if we got any real data to back it up. It just don't be surprised when you see races that are 51, 49, 52, 48, mm-hmm. very, very, very close. Because I, if you're middle, lean one way or the other. Are there a lot of candidates out there where you go, yeah, I can support that. Yeah, no, I don't, you know, I just don't know that there are. I think they're very much polar opposites. And that includes uh, when you get down into many of your your local races. And I include that in the House of Delegates. And when you get to city councils and county commissions and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Just a thought I had as I was driving home last night to your point about straight ticket voting. Yeah, and I think that the people that are in the more moderate realm, frankly, it's the opposite. It's um, it's the argument of of well, no, I guess that is the same argument before. Well, they're too middle ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think we're seeing that. I think that you're almost villainized for being a compromiser or being someone who will work with both sides in a lot of ways right now. I mean, can you name half a dozen candidates off the top of your head that you would say are middle and lean one way or the other that you would say are straight up middle of the road or the ones that come to your mind first are the ones who are on polar opposites oh the ones that come to mind first are polar right. opposites right. Yeah, yeah yeah sure so the, there's a couple that i think are more middle yeah i can think of a couple um i can and think frankly, of a couple I think that they get criticized for it but i think i can think of a lot more who oh, are yeah. Yeah, yeah. far left far right yeah i agree I don't know if they're. I don't know what to make of any of that. You know what I'm looking forward to? November fifth. November fifth. Why? Because why not? You know what I'm looking. Ooh, tomorrow's I think goes Friday. I'm really looking forward to that. Yes. I'm looking forward to the Mohawk Bowl. Yeah. High school be football good. playoffs. Will it be rainy tomorrow night as well? No. Or? Okay. No, I believe good. the rain. It'll be chilly, but the rain will have moved out. What, did break? you have a thought? Well, I was just going to say, oh, go do you want to clarify for people what it looks like to uh, be a fan for a game like this during COVID? Tell you what, we'll do it on the other side Great. of the break. 949, back after this. Listen to the Talk of the Town podcast anytime, anywhere on WHAR.com. High school football back in action tomorrow night. Mohawk Bowl. You'll be able to hear it on WHAR AM 1440. I almost forgot the frequency. And uh, 104.5 FM AM 1440. Uh, WAJR up in Morgantown. You can hear the Mohawk Bowl coming up tomorrow night. Uh, before the break, Sarah asked, uh, what does it mean? Uh, in this year's uh, situation. <clears throat> because usually Mohawk Bowl, that's the game uh, John Kelly likes to say, everybody who won't go to any other game of the year will go to that one. Right. Uh, especially with an election around the corner. Sorry, not so much the case this year. Rules still apply that have been in place all year long as far as high school football goes. It, it's households, it's immediate family, parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, uh that way you can limit crowd size, you can socially distance, and from what I have seen, 
at uh, the games I have covered this year. Uh, crowds have done an excellent job. They have respected the guidelines. Uh, they're sitting where they're supposed to be. They're masked up, even though we're outside. And uh, they've done a fantastic job. So kudos uh, to you. But there are a couple of options to take in coverage of the Mohawk Bowl. Now, I would prefer you listen to us on uh, WAJR. However, um, if you check out uh, Morgantown Athletic, the high school athletic department there uh, is offering a web stream. It is a subscription. There, It is to help uh, recover some of the gate lost uh, because of the limited crowd sizes there. So there is a, there is a nominal fee, but that does go to the uh, athletics department there at uh, Morgantown High to help, again, recover some of the gate lost for the football game. You can uh, watch a video stream of the game there. And I can tell you, you will also hear me there, and John Hallbreder, and possibly Kyle Wiggs as well. Okay. So those are the ways you can take it in, and, uh, of course, we'll have you covered all uh, tomorrow. Special preview show coming up tonight, Sarah. I'll join the aforementioned Kyle Wiggs, and uh, we'll get you set up for tomorrow night's Mohawk Bowl. 7.06 to 8 o'clock tonight, we'll talk to the ADs. You'll hear from the coaches, uh, expert analysis, of course. From Kyle Wiggs and yours truly, that's coming up 706 to 8 o'clock tonight. We'll get you set up for the Mohawk Bowl. Are we putting any kind of a wager on this? We usually do. Usually something not as serious as Buckwheat Cakes. I'm so, I mean, you I know. I still got that Morgantown football jersey. I never gave it back. <laughs> the fact is, <laughs> I am so, not that I'm ever in the loop, but I'm so out of the loop this year. I just feel like, and they've only played a couple games. It's hard to, but it's not like it would matter. I'd, I'd go UHS no matter what. Well, right. What. I mean, it's so not really... It doesn't matter to it me. It isn't really a decision on who we pick. Right. Because I didn't go to either school, but I do, you know, they call me the voice of the Mohegans. Right. Uh, so, it's more a matter of how can we create some cheap, interesting show content or social media content because, <laughs> you know, we are such social media butterflies here. Yeah, you I mean, are. I'm you down. have those thousands of Instagram followers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm down... I, think about I, it. Uh, think I, about it. It's it's thought about. I I and say we will, we will wager on. You're gonna obviously vote MHS. I'm gonna vote UHS, and we'll decide tomorrow and tell everybody tomorrow what uh, the. See that. I guess I did need to think about it yeah. more because I was thinking we'd go with our old school. You have to get me coffee or you know wear the jersey. But nonsense, we can, we but can create content. We're all about content. Are we? Some days. <laughs> Three out of five. That ain't bad. That'll get you in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I, I do have – I promised you I'd get you an update here on the, the playoffs, by the way. Uh, speaking of high school football. So you will still have to follow the color-coded map moving forward, okay, uh, in the playoffs. And that's going to affect – you know, you've got Fairmont Senior. You've got Bridgeport, obviously. Morgantown UHS look like they are poised to uh, – be playoff eligible, either one or both of those teams. So you got several teams who North Marion, then we'll leave out the Huskies. Uh several RCB. My golly, I'm gonna leave somebody out. Clay Battelle might sneak in in class single A. So your first round playoff brackets will be backfilled. The top sixteen teams will be set. If there are teams that are ineligible because they didn't have the minimum number of games played or because of the color coded map. Those teams are out, and basically everybody moves up a slot. So they'll backfill with the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, how many ever it takes to fill your top 16 with 16 eligible teams. Basically, your top 16 eligible teams make the first round of the playoffs. You follow me? 
Yes. All right. After that, once the playoffs begin, if a team is ineligible, their opponents will advance via forfeit. That's where I said that's the part where you go, life's not fair, but there's very little we can do here. That's the part that could cause some issues. Uh, Also, later in the playoffs, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, super six, I... This is me speaking. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Sundays could be utilized as a game day if a team becomes mm-hmm. eligible to play via the map on Saturday at 5 p.m. See? So, okay, Saturday at 5, you're orange or red, and maybe by the end of the week you get back down to gold or yellow, maybe even green. Maybe you don't have to forfeit. You can play on Sunday. It's 2020. You just got to roll with it. But uh, that coming out of the Metro News High School sports line last night. Clear as mud, right, Sarah? Uh, yeah. I'm lost. Just keep That's following right. the map. Yep. Have, yeah. have, have at any point <laughs> you sat down and went, that makes sense. When it comes to color-coded maps and COVID-19 and numbers, have you ever sat down and went, yep, that one makes a lot Adds of sense? Up. Yeah, no. You know who makes a lot of sense? Hoppy. He's next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.